Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar, and co-host Johnny D. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to another live edition of the What is Truth radio show. We're live right here in studio and it comes to you on Sunday morning. And this is Resurrection Sunday morning. And this is the greatest day in the history of mankind from the vantage point of God the Father and from the vantage point of the salvation of your souls. I heard a man say many years ago that all of human history is divided by the birth of Jesus Christ, and that's how we mark our calendar, 2023 A.D. Anno Domini, the year of the Lord, based on his birth. All of history is based on his birth, but all of our eternity is based on this day, the resurrection, and what he did for you. And and I hope this uh, you've got that eternal life. I got it, Brother Mark. Amen. We, Amen. We've got it right here, and we want to share with you, and we're going to do a, a good review of some of the greatest chapters in the Holy Bible about the redemption and the salvation work of the Lamb of God, the one who God the Father, in his love, sent to this world, the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Mark, you've been doing some great research on these chapters Let's well, share. Well, you know, the whole world knows about Easter week. Yes. And a lot of people look forward to this as much or more than any other time of year. It's it's a real high point in the year. And yeah. I, I know like in the inner city where I work, you know, it's it's a big, big high point. People get very excited about Easter time and Resurrection Sunday. And, you know, it's the time where Christ died for our sins and a time to reflect on that and think on that and realize what he, this great thing that he hath done for us. Yeah, it's, and I'm thinking where we live in the Buffalo area, you know, the Broadway market and they get ready for weeks and all the food and butter lambs and the the festivities. But what exactly are we celebrating? That's the heart of the issue. Right. And you know, all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all talk about the story of uh, the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's it's amazing how they intertwine with each other. And there's no discrepancies, but the four Gospels, they show this great uh continuity really yeah. oh yeah yeah and and they they complement one another and and one writer will add something that another one you know he might have been focused on one thing and this other writer fills in a little bit here for us to give us a fuller picture amen uh i forgot his name simon greenleaf i think right yeah he was professor of law at harvard correct and i don't have the details in front of me but he didn't really believe the account of the mm-hmm. death burial and resurrection of jesus christ yeah and when he examined it and and he's the guy who wrote the book on how they the, the treatise of evidence that's used in a journey yeah. a, 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 any jury yeah, and a trial. He was the royal professor of law at Harvard Law School. Yes, and, and based on those evidences, yes, he became a Christian and said, yeah. this has to be true. There's so many eyewitness accounts and people who would have easily turned from it if it was a lie, yeah. but they were willing to put their lives on the line for the truth. Yeah, he was writing in, in the book that they use for the kids who are studying to be lawyers 
that you need documentary evidence, you need uh, circumstantial evidence, you need eyewitness testimony, and he went through all of it. He said there's enough evidence here to confirm the resurrection of Jesus Christ as he actually said maybe the greatest attested fact in the history of mankind that you could attest like centuries later by going back documentary, circumstantial, eyewitness, he said it would hold up in any court of law. So you might say that him as a professor of law, he pushed against the truth, but eventually he was overwhelmed by the truth and he surrendered to it. Yeah, if I remember the story, it was uh, some of the law students in his class were Christians Ah. and they would uh, talk about it and he would think, uh, you know, that's just stuff written long ago. I don't know if this is true. And, and he determined, as a professor of law, let me go through the documents personally. And, and he read the four Gospels, and I believe also the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Okay. And by going through those, he came up with his conclusion. And Because he, he went in with an honest mind and an honest heart. He wanted to know what is the truth of this evidence. I'm not, although I tend to think it may not be so, but let me just go examine it and let the evidence speak. And it spoke loud and clear for him. Amen. (laughs) You know, this, this uh, story, uh, I think you said recently that out of all the gospels, uh, 30% of all of the chapters are written about this one week of what happened. It's very, very important. All history pivots on it, BC and AD, but the the story itself, as we get into it, uh, I guess I want to say this. It's not just about that it's the truth and that it actually happened, but what will you do with that truth? And, and for me personally, over 20 years ago, you know, I grew up going to church. I grew up as what I considered to be a Christian. Yeah. But the Bible and the truth said, point blank, you must be born again. <laughs> And, Amen. And, and, you know, the Bible talks about what that is and how to be born again. It's about really surrendering to that truth and receiving Christ so as the, a Savior. The events we're going to focus on started as they left the Last Supper, and now it's in the evening. And yes. uh, So here we're in John chapter 18, yep. and you can see some of this in every gospel. But in John 18, the Bible says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Cedron or Kidron, where was a garden, into the which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted, resorted thither with his disciples. This is a favorite place of his to come. And this little place was um, in a garden, and it was just a little east of Jerusalem. And from there he could uh, pray in the garden, and he could look back to the city of Jerusalem whom he loved. Yeah. And he would pray for the people there. Yeah. Amen. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. (laughs) Jesus, therefore, knowing all things, yeah, because he's God in the flesh, that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? Now, that's an important question. You've got a band of semi-armed, right, men coming, and he says, whom seek ye? Now, he's saying that, I believe, because he's protecting his disciples. Sure, sure. Who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. Yeah, that's like from Exodus 3.14, where, you know, God with Moses at the burning bush says, That's what he said. I I am am that I am. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. So he, he responds, he says, I am he. 
And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Boy, there's some power. Just yes. with his words just alone. Just a spoken word alone yeah. was sufficient to knock them back. I'm just looking at Judas too. It says, um, Judas also stood with them. Right. Who them? The, the people on the wrong side. Because Jesus was standing with his disciples. The, the disciples are with Jesus. And he's standing with the crowd on the wrong side. Judas had chosen the wrong side. By the way, I like that question Jesus asked, whom seek ye? That's kind of a question for every heart, isn't it? Amen. I mean, wouldn't that be the kind of question God might ask? I think deep in our heart, we are seeking the Lord. I think that's what our heart is. There's an empty spot inside of us. And and whom seek ye? And sadly today, I think many a substitute a political leader or maybe a, a, a winner of an Oscar award or maybe some kid looking at a superhero. Yeah, a, a sports hero. Sports hero. And he's got the poster up on the wall yep. and that's the one they're seeking. And Jesus asking that question. Good question. Amen. That's a really good question. And, and really, people used to spend more time with the Bible in the old days. Yes. And they would focus more on him. Now that's it's a very important thing because people need to get back into the Bible. Get back Otherwise, to the Bible. Amen. It's either they're an old preacher used to say back to the Bible or back to the jungle. <laughs> yeah, what's it gonna be? <laughs> and it's a concrete jungle today in the city. Yes. So yes, you're yes. right. So uh so verse six, I'll repeat it. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. He's speaking of his disciples. Yeah. So they're, they're coming apparently. And when you go back and read some of the other gospels, you see what happened is the chief priests and the Pharisees sent a bunch of uh, soldiers, the temple guard, along with, I think, some of Pilate's uh, soldiers to go and apprehend Jesus because they're charging him with a crime. He hasn't committed any crime, right. but they're coming kind of with like a bill of indictment to arrest Jesus. And so he's asking, well, well, whom seek, who are you looking for? Who's on that indictment there? Jesus of Nazareth. And he's got his disciples with him, all minus Judas. And he's, he's saying, well, I'm the one you're, you're after. Let these go their way. Now, I think that's kind of amazing because I'm just trying to think today. Let's say we had some of the FBI, federal, and we had some state, like in New York, a state troopers, and they were uh, given an indictment to go after an arrest warrant to go after a guy who runs with a bunch of men. He's known to be the leader of a bunch of men. And they come to this guy's place where he hangs out, where he's been known, like Jesus is known to hang out at this place. Yeah. They come to the hangout there. They've got the place surrounded. They've got all their weapons. They've got these guys outnumbered. And the bill of indictment and arrest is against their leader. Maybe it would be like uh, Al Capone in the old days or something. But he's got all his co-conspirators guys with him, yeah. the guys who've committed the murders. And Al says, well, so you're looking for me. Why don't you let all these guys go? Just take me alone. What are they going to say? Are you crazy? We're locking up the whole bunch. Right. Right. They would take everybody. Yeah. Yeah. They'd come with their battering rams and their <laughs> rifles drawn yeah, yeah. and all that. <laughs> and in this case, you see Jesus showing his power. You know, the Bible says that 
God came in the flesh, Amen. right? Great is the mystery of godliness. God came in the flesh and his name, Emmanuel, is God with us. And here's God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, not allowing them to take his disciples. I think, I think when he spoke that word and they all fell backwards and they felt that shock wave hit them and knock them to the ground. And they reached over and they picked up their, their AK-47s or whatever it is they had. They thought, you know, maybe we'll do what he says. We'll let these other guys go. Because if he speaks again, yeah. we, we might go further than backwards. Who knows what he can do to us? So. Amen. It shows the power of God. <laughs> power of God. And, and it's clear that they didn't come and force him. He yeah. came willingly. Yes. Yep. And then uh, verse 9, that the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake. Of them which thou gavest me, have I lost none. That was his prayer two chapters ago. Yeah. He had just prayed to his father in the upper room. He said, uh, Father, while I was uh, with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. And those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. Again, another great thought. If you're with Jesus Christ and you've become one of his disciples, He's going to take care of you. He says, I'll never leave you, you nor go. forsake yeah. you. And he's faithful. Yeah. And then uh, verse 10, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it. And he smote the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's <laughs> name was Malchus. <laughs> Peter's got a lot of zeal. A Sometimes lot of zeal. not according to knowledge, but he's yeah. excited there. Then said Jesus unto Peter, put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? And yeah. the answer is, yeah, he has to go through with this. He's doing this for us. He's the cup of suffering. I yes. mean, he knows this is late at night. What do you think about midnight, one, two in the morning? And he kind of knows what's going to happen. He puts his hands out. He says, okay, you can take me. They take him to this fake trial that happens real quickly. And yep. he knows that next day he's going to be hanging on a cross. And he's going to take the cup of suffering that's mentioned in the Old Testament for us, for you and me. Amen. Because yeah. we deserve death from yeah. sin. Yeah. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life yeah. through Jesus Christ our Lord. And verse 4 in this chapter says, Jesus therefore knowing all things that should come upon him, yeah. he went forth. So verse 12, then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. And led him away to Annas first, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Yeah. So first they take him to the father-in-law, right? Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Yeah, that's that Back in chapter 11, yeah, that's what, what he was saying at one point when Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. And, and, uh, and he ran around. He said, well, my goodness gracious. He said, they were saying, look, if we leave him alone, we're doing miracles like this. Everybody's going to believe on him. We've got to get rid of this guy. Right. Otherwise, we're going to lose our place in our nation. And then uh, Caiaphas thought, he said, you know what? You're not considering it's expedient for us that one man die for the people and the whole nation perish not. And, uh, he was just thinking, if we get rid of him, we'll be able to keep the nation what he didn't understand was the implication of what he's saying, that uh, Jesus is going to die for those people. He, and and they, they couldn't deny his miracles. Yeah. Oh, no. Those miracles were absolutely right out in the open, right in their face. Just raised a guy from the dead. Exactly. <laughs> He'd been dead for four days. Exactly. The guy comes out of the tomb. Yeah. yeah. And, and so they had to figure out what to do, but they made the wrong decision, yeah. decided yeah. to get rid of him. Yeah. By the way, that's curious. 
a lot of people do make the wrong decision. Amen. With with the Lord. Yeah. I mean, he's only come here to do good by you. Yeah. He's only come here to help. And that's why he was there for Annas and Caiaphas too, was to help them and to help their nation. But they would rather have their power and their money than the a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, on that note, how many times, whether it's in the workplace or just out in the public at a store or whatever, if the name Jesus comes up, people get uncomfortable, immediately uncomfortable yeah, just yeah. because somebody mentioned Jesus. Why is that? Well, they're kind of pushed that way with TV and movies and media, but there's a spirit in the world that does not like Jesus. Yeah. And yet, like you said, he came doing good, healing, doing miracles. He came to seek and to save them that are lost. Yeah. yeah. All he did was serve people the whole while he was here. Yeah. yeah. And so, and uh, verse 15, and Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest. And he went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? Didn't and I see you with him one day? And he yeah. says, I am not. <laughs> yeah. So there's the first denial, right? And, and the servants and the officers stood there who had made a fire of, of coals, for it was cold. It was night. Yeah. And they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. And Jesus answered him. I like his answer here. He says, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple whether the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. I, I like that verse for a, a lot of reasons. Amen. I mean, one of the things that Jesus wants us to know, people talk about the hidden sayings of Jesus and the mysteries of Jesus and how difficult it is. But but he says, look, I, I spake openly to the world. Amen. I, I told them at one point to a religious leader, it's not your religion, you must be born again. Well, well, how is this going to happen? Well, my father will send the wind and the wind will blow and uh, and will give you light. And if you receive the light and you come to me, I've come that you might have life. But if you love the dark, I mean, he speaks very openly about these things. Yes. I ever taught in the synagogue. My desire is to be a teacher of the truth and the temple. I'm always teaching in the church, a good church. You know, where the Jews resort today, yeah. where the Christians resort. Yep. I'm teaching openly in secret. I'm, I've said nothing. I want you to know my words are read. You got red letter editions of the Bible. You can yeah. read the words right there. They're not hidden. How about the fact that in America today, you can go get a Bible at any dollar right. store. You can go to any Walmart. I was you, at Ollie's the other day, a little discount place on yeah. Walden. They got plenty of them they right got there. like a whole wall of them, <laughs> yeah. right? So you can cheaply and easily have access to the Bible. You don't even have to move out of your chair. You can pull it up on your phone, pull it up on your laptop or whatever. It's available easily yeah. and readily. Amen. And yet people don't take the time I, I openly. Spake, yeah, yeah, amen. So then, uh, in verse 21, Jesus says, Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And, and that's another great thing. I mean, for example, you've been reading the Bible and Jesus's words. And if somebody can't ask Jesus directly, they can talk to you, right? And you can tell them 
And, and he says, not only me, my disciples will talk to you about what Amen. I said. They know what I've said. That's true. Amen. I, we were on the street yesterday. I was telling people, Jesus said, you must be born again. Jesus said that the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is through me, Jesus Christ, the Lord. And these things are out there for us to know. And, and like you just said, the gift of God is eternal life. Amen. It's eternal life. It's a gift. It's free. It's not by Amen. works. Amen. There's so many uh, false teachings out there in the world that you have to work and be good and, and attain goodness enough to make it to heaven. Right. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that it's a free gift and it's eternal life. So as the story goes on, verse 22, and when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand saying, answerest thou the high priest so? And Jesus answered him, if I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil, but if well, why smitest thou me? So there again, Jesus did nothing wrong. And Jesus always, I remember a young man came to him one day and said, good master. And he said, there's only one good, that's God. And he's, he began to give him a lot of good teachings to show him, I'm God manifest in the flesh. Jesus doesn't speak evil. Amen. Jesus speaks well. Jesus speaks truth. And the thing is, I think they're so confused here. They strike Jesus because they think what he speaks good is evil. They're at the point, there's a verse in the Old Testament. Remember that verse? It's in the book of Isaiah. I just want to read it real quickly. It's chapter 5. And verse 20, and God was telling the prophet Isaiah, there is going to come a time where there'll be such confusion and they'll call evil good and good evil. And here's Jesus speaking good. Yes. And this idiot thinks it's evil. Yeah. He's got it completely upside down and backwards. Well, doesn't the world today have it upside down and backwards? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so much confusion and so much information floating around ever since we got Google and some of that other stuff. There's tons of information and people are confused about what's right, what's wrong. And even Pilate in the story is going to ask, what is truth? Amen. How can we know? Amen. And through the Bible, you can know. But So as the story goes, it says, verse 24, Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas, the high priest. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said, therefore, unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Yeah. Now, people get a little confused on this, and I don't want to go deep into it, but there's in the four different Gospels, it shows that the cock crowed two times. Two times, that's correct. And in Mark chapter 14, there's a verse about that. After it crows two times, yes. you'll deny me three times. Correct. Yeah, so God, that kind Jesus of, had predicted that ahead of time. He and, knew that would happen. And so if there's confusion on that, people should just take a look in Mark 14 verse, I think it's 30. Yeah, Mark 14, 30. Yeah. Peter will deny him three times before the cock crows twice. Yeah. So that kind of clears that. Verse 28 then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment. And it was early. Yeah, like really early. They were doing this like early in the morning. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. So they're trying to keep the traditions, yes. the outward traditions, while they're breaking the, let's say they're keeping the letter of their law while they're breaking the spirit of God's law and they're destroying everything that's holy and sacred here. And they're I mean, they did an illegal trial at night. The Jews in the Old Testament, in the books of Exodus and Leviticus, when they were 
taught how to do things. We're told you're supposed to do these things during the daylight hours. Yes. From the morning sacrifice to the evening sacrifice, and then you're supposed to sleep at night. No night trials were allowed. And here, Annas, the father-in-law, and Caiaphas, the high priest, had an illegal religious ceremony in the middle of the night, and now they're turning them over to the civil authorities for an illegal quick morning trial. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's people out there that think that religion is very hypocritical. And there's a lot about religion that is hypocritical. And we're seeing it right here. This in is religious hypocrisy this, right here. This, yeah. Yeah. As they're saying, well, we can't enter into the judgment hall because it's Passover time. Right. Yeah. But yet they're setting out to murder the Messiah. Sure. So it's a mess. With no legitimate charges against him. They really didn't right. have a crime against him. Right. They were just saying he, he committed <laughs> it, blasphemy. They kept looking for witnesses. Anybody find this guy do anything wrong? They couldn't said they couldn't find any. Exactly. But so forget about religion. God's about a relationship. Amen. Yeah. So here we are, verse 29. Pilate then went out unto them and said, what accusation bring you against yeah, this here's man? Here's the civil authority saying to the religious guys, why are you dumping this guy in my lap at 7 o'clock in the morning? What did he do? Did he kill somebody? Did he rape somebody? Yeah. What, yeah, what's Pil your accusation? Pilate's a Roman. Yes. He's a Roman leader. He's not a Jew. No. Yeah, he's a Gentile. He's the civil authority over there because the Jews at that time were under the civil authority of the Romans. Rome had pretty much conquered the known right. world. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they answered and they said unto him, if he were not a malefactor we would not have delivered him up unto thee. And I would say, what kind of answer is that? What are the charges? <laughs> exactly. If he's a malefactor, tell me what he did. Well, yeah. we, we don't have anything. <laughs> we, just, we just want to get rid of this guy. We're hoping you'll do it for us. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like fake news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then said Pilate unto them, take ye him and judge him according to your law, meaning the Jewish law. Yeah. The Jews therefore said unto him, it is not lawful for us to put any man to death. And I would say, wait a second, if I'm Pilate, wait a second. You're saying he's done something worthy of death? I mean, a severe triple felony type of a thing? He's he, yeah. What did he do that you want to kill this guy? The death They've penalty. already prejudged him. We want this guy dead, but we don't have a legitimate crime against him, but we still want him dead. Yeah, like in America, <laughs> would say, okay, we want to strap him to the electric chair. Well, what's the charges? Exactly. We, well, we wouldn't have brought him here if he wasn't guilty. We just want this guy dead. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting in our way. <laughs> oh, too much. And then verse 32, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. That's interesting because the Jews, it's he said, the Jews said, it is not lawful for us to put any man to death, meaning they were only told one way in the Old Testament, stoning. Stoning. That's yep. how they would stone someone according to all those books of the law by Moses. If someone does this, you stone him. If someone does this, you stone him. And what they're saying, it's not lawful. You Roman, Romans had taken the ability of the death penalty away from the Jews about, about like 40, 40 years or so earlier. I, I was reading a history book. And they are not allowed to stone anyone. So if they felt someone had committed a crime in their law books, worthy of death, they had to turn them over to the civil authorities, to the Romans. The Jews couldn't do it. They had to turn them over to the Romans, and then the Romans would execute the sentence, and the death sentence they used was crucifixion. Which is terrible. Yeah. People have no idea. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, it's the civil authorities, and there's a difference in emotions. The Jews are Full of envy, full of uh, hatred, hatred. Anger, they're whatever. All, they're all emotional. Pilate's not emotional. 
right? So verse 33, then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, art thou the king of the Jews? Oh, Question mark. Very interesting. So th this, this is interesting because mm -hmm. we're watching a trial take place and God's recording it for us. And as we're looking, now we're just in the 18th chapter. So if we go back and we see how Jesus lived the prior 17 chapters, we're thinking, what's going on here? This is the nicest man, the best man that's ever lived. How could this happen to him? Yeah. And we're going to find out the how and the why when we're back after a little bit on our station break. This is the What is Truth radio show. Hang around and we'll be right back with the second half of the show. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome back to the second half of the What is Truth radio show, looking at the greatest truth in the Bible, which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All of Christianity is built on the cornerstone of the resurrection. And Amen. we're reading it for you in the Gospel of John. We're in chapter 19. So if you've got your Bible, join us right now. And, and Mark, what we're picking it up where? Verse 33, 34? Yeah, this is... Uh, Gospel John, chapter 18, verse uh, 33. Uh, just to repeat this question that Pilate, he says, uh, Then Pilate entered the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Question mark. Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? So this was the charge they had against him. Right. He says, well, what's the charge you got against him? Well, he says he's king of the Jews. Yeah. And you want me to kill him for that? Right. <laughs> I mean... I mean, maybe if you think he's crazy, we'll, we'll take him to Bellevue and put him in a white jacket, but I'm not going to kill him the for death, this. The death yeah. penalty? <laughs> right. Yeah. The, and Pilate answered, and he says, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? And verse 36 is interesting. Yes. Jesus answered, and he says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. And I have this circled. But now the word. is my kingdom not from hence. That's the key word. That's the key words right there. Yeah. But now, see, his kingdom is going to be here on planet Earth after the Great Absolutely. Tribulation. Right? Yep. But for some strange reason, all the modern Bibles seem to take out those two words in verse 36 of John 18. Yeah. But now. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's not right now. The time now is for him to go to the cross. Yeah, and, and another thing is the Apostle Paul, who also was a Jew, looking at that and understanding the key word now, he wrote that I, the Lord, have succored thee, I've come after thee, because now is not the time of the kingdom. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen. And and God wants us to live in the here and now. And right now, God's not trying to set up a kingdom on earth. Right now, God is trying to call people to that kingdom one heart at a time. And Amen. Jesus could see that. And he's, he wanted to call Pilate. He wanted to say, you know, now could be your time Amen. to be a member, one of my disciples. Amen. And, <laughs> and you can sum it up so easy. Jesus saves. Amen. Jesus saves. Amen. Yeah. It's not about how good you are or how good Pilate is or anybody else. Yeah. Jesus saves. Yeah. 
Yeah. So verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. He said it right, pal. (laughs) (laughs) To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. That's interesting. So, So a king's job is to provide for his people. Yes. And he's saying, I came as a king, and the greatest need you have is truth. Mm. You've been lied to for so long since the garden. The devil's been lying to all of you, and he's found people to work with him and to confuse you. And as a king, I want to bring you truth. There's a lot of lies flowing around. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, people will worship the sun, moon, and stars. They'll worship trees and all kinds of stuff. Make wooden idols and totem poles, and it goes on and on and on. And, And so... Here's a great verse, verse 38, and Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? Yeah, it's like there's so many lies out there, he doesn't even know how or where to find truth anymore. Yeah, and I think having been in politics his whole life, Mm. because he'd been in Rome, and Rome had dealt with how many other nations as they were building their empire, and he had traveled around and he'd seen, oh, this religion's over here. And then this type of cultural setup is over here. And this way of politics is over here. And one thing I think he's learned about people everywhere he's been is people are interested in their self. They're interested in advancing themselves and getting a better position. Meet a man like power, like Pilate. You've got some power. You know the emperor. Uh, Maybe if I butter you up, I can get a little something. And what he's finding is the only truth I found is everybody's just trying to climb on top of one another and get a better place. I'm beginning to wonder if there is any truth. What is truth? I think it's a sincere question. Yeah, what is truth? Yeah. And, And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, this is great, he says, I find in him no fault at all. Amen. Yeah. I've listened to this man. He's not trying to butter me up. He's not trying to work his way up. Every time he speaks to me, he seems to say things that make sense. But that had to be a real problem for Pilate. Because on one hand, he's going, I think Jesus is okay, but I got a bunch of people here who aren't okay with him. I got to make a choice. I don't know what to do here. He's getting political pressure. Yeah. Caught between a rock and a hard place. And he's got to decide, what am I going to do with Jesus? And you, you, that question, what is truth? That's our show. What is it. truth? Right. And sometimes when I'm preaching at the university, and I know you've done this on the street, I tell the kids at the university, I say, you know, I went to this school. I graduated from this school. It's a good school. You'll learn a lot of facts. But truth is above facts. It transcends facts. Truth is actually it's spiritual One of the truths I needed to learn was I just don't have a body. I have a soul and a spirit. That was a spiritual truth I did not learn at this university. All they taught me was anatomy and physiology. They never taught me about the soul or the spirit. Truth is spiritual. Another thing is truth is eternal. It doesn't change. Right. And the other thing that is stunning is you go, well, since it's spiritual and it's eternal, I can't know it, but truth is knowable. Yes. And Jesus came to bear witness to the truth so we can know it. 
Well, in John 17, 17, it yeah. says, Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. So and the, the Bible, truth is written down. Yeah, the Bible is the truth. That's why people swear on it Amen. when they're about to tell the truth, hopefully, in a court of law. So it's permanent and yeah. eternal and spiritual, and it's good. And, and, and John 14, 6, yeah. Jesus said, I am the truth. So anyways, verse 39, But ye have a custom. This is Pilate speaking. But right. ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Uh-huh. They cried, then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. So they'd rather have a robber than their king. A known criminal. Yeah. Barabbas, it says in one of the other gospels, had caused insurrection and murder, murder. in the insurrection. And like... You want to let a murderer back on the streets rather than let somebody go? I think Pilate was shocked. Yeah. Yeah, I think think Pilate was shocked by this. He wasn't expecting that. So he's got to go to the next step. You know, he's getting this political pressure. Here we are, chapter 19 of John's gospel. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. I think he's showing that he's willing to do something, right? And the soldiers. I'm trying to placate these angry people. Yes. So maybe if I, I, I mean, you want me to kill him, but if I just give him a whipping here, then I, I can release him. You know. And this is a scourging, a Roman yeah. scourging. Yes. Yeah. Like thirty nine, forty times on the back. Cat of nine tails. Yeah. With a dig whip into yeah. the flesh. Yeah. yeah. Verse two. And the soldiers planted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. Now they're mocking this yeah, king, yeah. right? And said, "Hail, King of the Jews!" And they smote him with their hands. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it's hard for us to get, but it's unthinkable to people that live at that time. You didn't lay your hand on a king. You didn't get near a king. You right. bowed before a king. Yeah. And so this is that they're mocking him and his kingship. But truthfully, he is He's God's choice to be the king of the Jews. God said, I'm going to raise up a son to you, David, and he'll sit on my throne. This is the one that's promised to sit on the throne. Well, in the Old Testament, God sent prophet after prophet in Jerusalem. They killed the prophets, Mm -hmm. and then he sent his son. And uh, they should have had respect unto his son, but this is how they treat his son, right? And I I can see the angels watching this thinking, wow, this is the son of God, you know? I can also see the angels going to the (laughs) father. Would you just let us go and straighten this out? It'd be like... um, a, a guy, I knew a guy years ago, and uh, he trained German shepherds for mm. the police department. Yeah. And I went to his compound once. I've never seen dogs behave so well in my life. I mean, they they just listened to the guy. They did everything. He, he had these things under his control. And uh, he... <laughs> I could just imagine if someone hit him in front of those Oof, dogs. Right. <laughs> and and, and, it's, and those angels are tougher than Jewish shepherds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And... Verse 4, Pilate therefore went forth again, and he saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. So he repeats, no fault. Amen. Right? Amen. And and he's tried to appease them. Yeah, come on, wake up, guys. Yeah. And then, then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. And, and here he's beaten and bloody and saying, now, can I at least get a little sympathy out of you? Don't you feel, I mean, you see someone who's been beaten and hurt and your heart is like, okay, he's had enough. I mean, yeah, that's exactly I mean, what's you, going on. You here. see people even today when you have convicted murderers 
or on death's row outside the prison. You know, he's he's suffered enough. Let him go. Don't. Yeah. I mean, and here's someone who's gone his whole life doing good and helping people. Right. You would think that would be enough. Yeah, but and no sympathy. No. In verse 6, when the chief priest, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him. Crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. Third time. Third time. Yep. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Yeah, he did, because he is. Yeah. And, and so, in other words, we want to kill him for something he said. He said. A speech crime. <laughs> a hate speech crime wow. to them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so much for free speech, yeah. huh? Yeah. Verse 8 of John 19. Except what he said was true. Exactly. <laughs> he didn't make up a lie. Yeah, he never <laughs> lied. Verse 8, when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. Now, I got to stop there for a second. Pilate was the more afraid. Why? Because he's starting to understand something here. He sees that they're so hateful against him. Yes. And he's done nothing wrong. And and he's starting to get the idea, maybe this really is the Son of God. And, And the other thing I think that was amazing to Pilate is I think at one point it said he marveled. The governor marveled in one of the other Gospels. It might have been Matthew or Luke. I think Matthew 27, 19 is where his wife warns him. And I think what he marveled at is when uh, a leader who has uh, control over who's going to be incarcerated, like a judge, and Pilate was acting like a civil judge here. He's the authority making the determination as to which way this is going to go. The Jews are asking, they're saying to the judge, come on, let's go this way with it. And he's looking at it. Usually when someone is marshaled and brought before a judge, you usually hear things like, it's not true, judge. I really didn't do it. I, I didn't. I mean, the guy's defending himself and, and giving all kinds of reasons. And Jesus is just quietly looking down and not arguing and not fighting back. And he's looking, this guy's life is on the line. And he's so calm about he's not it. not begging yeah. for his life. Yeah, very interesting. And it's yeah. stirring him. He's starting to... Make him wonder, yeah. And, and, you know, just like Pilate has to decide here, because he, like you say, he's in charge. Pilate has to decide, what am I going to do i got to make Jesus, a decision. Right? That's what will I do, yeah. And I heard, I heard an old preacher say this one time. He said, you know, everybody's got to make a decision about Jesus. What are you going to do with Jesus? And he compared it to something about there, there was a moment in history in World War II where Japan had to make a decision. And there was, the, this is what happened. On August 6th, there was an atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Right. The world had never seen anything like never. it before. A whole city disappeared. Right. Right. All those people died. I don't even know the numbers. It was it was like nothing in history. Yes. Right. Scared the whole world. Yes. To the core. And then three days later, another atomic bomb was dropped on Nagasaki. Yeah. Right. They and could have made a decision after the first one, but they didn't. They wanted to hold tight. They figured that's just a one-time event. Yeah. <laughs> but the, but America was bluffing and acted like we had all kinds of bombs, right? Anyways, on August 19th, they were given a decision. Will you surrender in uh, unconditional, unconditional surrender? Yeah. Yes. General MacArthur made sure it was an unconditional, unconditional surrender. Yes. yes. And are you willing to surrender? And they decided, okay, we'll surrender, even though it was completely against their culture. Yes. Right? Well, they didn't after the first one. Yeah. They were going to hold tight. Right. And then the second one, they started thinking, they said, what if there's a third and a fourth? And I think the people making the decision, first one was Hiroshima, 
second Nagasaki, the leaders are in Tokyo going, what if the third one's here? We ain't going to escape this thing. Right. And then. And, and so that decision where you got to give up on your pride. Yes. And surrender because it's all you can do. Yes. It's, it's really the only real choice. And in the case with every single person, every person has to decide, am I going to surrender to Jesus? Am I going to give up on my own works and my own things that I can do and just surrender to yes. his way, which is the right way? And, and you know, the difference, it's um, similar yet dissimilar. The similar thing is God wants you to surrender. The dissimilar thing is the, the Japanese surrendered completely out of fear. God wants you to separate out of love. Amen. And that's the way he wants to win you Amen. by grace and love. He doesn't want to put you under his thumb like that. Yeah, that's good. Amen. Amen. Yep. And so uh, verse nine, the story continues. And when again, this is Pilate, he went again into the judgment hall and he saith unto Jesus, whence art thou? Yeah, where'd Meaning, you come from? Yeah, where'd, where'd you come from? Like, uh but Jesus gave him no answer. Yeah. That's amazing. You well, would I, think he begged for his life. Well, well, yeah. And I think part of the reason is, is Jesus is a little upset because in the last chapter, when Pilate said, what is truth? He said this and he walked out. He didn't even wait for an right. answer from Jesus. And Jesus was thinking, it sounds like this guy is more interested in political things than truth. And if he's interested in politics rather than truth, let him go his political way. And I guess Jesus will do that with every person right now today. If you aren't interested sure. and you walk away, then he can be silent. Now, just stopping for a minute with the politics. What Pilate's doing here, ultimately, he's going to go with the crowd. Yeah. He, he's not going to go with his conscience because his conscience was warning him there's something different about this man. Right. Uh, and and I think he's a good man. I find no fault in him three times. Right. My conscience is telling me he's okay. But the crowd is saying, go this way. And he's going with the crowd. And I think with individuals too, are you going to go with the crowd? Or are you going to go with Jesus? There's a, an interesting thing. Whom seek yeah. ye? What, what is truth? Right. And, and God's a good God. Amen. And, and the Bible says that the goodness of God leadeth men to repentance. Yeah. And yeah. it's God's goodness that ought to draw you to him. And again, looking at Jesus's life, all he did was go about doing good. That's right. So you can look at him and go, I mean, he didn't pass the plate. Okay, everybody send some money my way. If anything, he would take the plate, put more fish in it and feed you. He, he did everything on behalf of the people that he loved. Yeah, that's Inclu good. Including <laughs> all the way to the cross. Amen. For, for a bunch of sinners yeah. like us. Yeah. So verse 10, when, and after Jesus gave Pilate no answer, then saith Pilate unto him, speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Don't you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> what does Jesus say to him? Jesus answered, thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Uh -huh. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. And now he's pointing to the religious leaders. Yeah. I mean, they delivered me to you. They have the greater sin. And, and I think Jesus looking at Pilate going, this is a Roman. This man grew up as a Gentile. This man never been to the temple or the synagogue. He may never have heard the law of Moses in his life. Yeah. These guys have read the law of Moses. Their whole life. Yeah. They got yeah. the greater sin. They're yeah. betraying what's prophesied in the book. Yeah, and they're acting very religious yeah. too. Yeah. Verse 12, and from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. <laughs> there you go. But the Jews cried out saying, if thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Ooh. 
Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. He's the guy that signs my paycheck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> money money talks. Right, right. <laughs> and, and when Pilate, therefore, heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. Yeah. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he said unto the Jews, Behold your king. Yeah, he's almost kind of mocking. He's mocking them. the Jews. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they cried out, "Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him!" Pilate saith unto them, "Shall I crucify your king?" The chief priests answered, "We have no king but Caesar." Really? Really? They they have hated the Roman occupation right. from the moment it begun. The Jews never liked anyone right. to be on top of them. They were looking to have their nation back to the glory days of right. David and Solomon. This makes no sense at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this is like a Democrat saying, we've got no president but Trump. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Talk about the people who say anything. And <laughs> yeah, you're right. Whatever works at the moment for them. And then verse 16, then delivered he him, therefore, unto them to be crucified. There you go. He makes his decision. Yeah. And they took Jesus and led him away. So he went with the crowd. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. And, but, you know, it was all prophesied that this would happen. In fact, uh, you know, real quick, I just, there's a pastor who found a minimum at least of 30 different prophecies in the Old Testament that were fulfilled in the New Testament just about the crucifixion alone. Yeah, amen. And so there's so many things that happened, uh, uh, like they, they parted his garments, they didn't tear his cloak they, they cast lots for it. That was prophesied. It was prophesied that he would be, uh, they, they shall look upon me whom they have pierced yep, from that, Zechariah. And that was hundreds of years. They hadn't, if I remember, it was the Persians that started crucifixion around 300 BC. And that prophecy was written hundreds of years before that even had started. No one had crucified back at that time. The, Another thing, none of his bones would be broken. Right. False witnesses. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there were so many different things that happened that were prophesied by God that, you know, you could say, how would Jesus have any control of that? He's under the Roman control right here. Correct. Yeah. And so verse 17, and he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. And now, that's the same place as Luke 23, 33 called Calvary. Calvary. Only yeah. in the King James Bible. That's right. Calvary, yeah. only in the King James Bible. Yeah. Yes. And in verse 18, where they crucified him and two other with him on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. So here it's talking about two thieves on crosses on his left side, one on his left, one on his right. Yeah. And uh, we find that more detail in Luke's gospel. Uh, I forgot where you chapter were saying. Chapter 23. Okay. Luke is in chapter 23. And around, what is it, verse 30-something? Verse 33. Yeah. And when they were come, now I'm reading in Luke 23, 33. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, meaning Jesus, and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Yeah. Now, it's a really interesting story on these two because they're both, uh, they both railed on him. Yeah. Right. It says that in, uh, let me see where that says, they both railed on him. You'll find that in Matthew 27, 44 and in Mark 15, 27. So they were not good guys. You yeah, know, the, the, the two thieves, which were crucified with him 
cast the same in their teeth and they were mad at him and angry. I think they were just mad and angry at first because they're being put to death. They're being hung on a cross. And they might have assumed possibly because, I mean, you, you hang criminals. Yeah. So they're looking and here's this other guy being hung with them. They might not know who he is, but figure he's just a, a guy like we are too. What did you do, buddy? What's your, you know, and yeah. hey, what's your crime? And they're just screaming. Uh, yeah. and, and so in verse 35, it says that the people deride and the rulers also with them derided him. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're mocking saying he saved others. Let him save himself. If he be the Christ, the chosen of God. And then verse 36, the soldiers also mocked him. Right. Yeah. Then in verse 39 here in Luke, it says, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But, that's a big but, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly. Yeah, we deserve to be thieves, on this cross. Yeah. yeah, we're justly here. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. Interesting. Yeah, so he's got a change of heart. Yeah, it's like he's a spiritual light. He's beginning to see. Yeah, and then verse 42, And he, this is the thief, he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. In verse 43, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. That's a really interesting few verses, because those two thieves, one got saved and one was lost. Yeah. On either side of Jesus. Think, what will you do with Jesus? I think that's the picture God tries to paint because in uh, some of the picture scenes of Calvary, you'll see three crosses with Jesus in the middle, yep. a guy on the one side, a cross on the other side. You'll see three crosses on a hill there. And I think the picture that God is trying to paint is that because of our sin, we all deserve to be on a cross. I mean, we, we deserve, if, if Christ hadn't died on the cross for us, we would all deserve to die on the cross of our, in the crosshair of our sins. So wages on our of sin, sin is, is death. death. Ever yeah. since the Garden of Eden, death entered in because of sin. Yeah. And so we're all in the natural man in our first birth, we're all on that wrong side. Yeah. We're on the cross with the thief. We're guilty. They're guilty. Yeah guilty before God. And thankfully what, what God did was he put Christ right in the middle. Amen. So he's close to each one of the, the criminals or sinners on their cross. And then what you see is there's a big division here between one guy who continues to rail and mock Jesus on the one, we'll put him on the left side. And the other guy on the right side finally says, you're the Lord. Yes. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And I think what God is saying is, you know, we deserve to be on a cross. But the question is, when we're up there on that cross, are we going to stay on the cross of rejection and reject the Lord Jesus? Or are we going to be on the cross like the guy on the right side of reception and receive him as the Lord and ask for him to remember us and bring us into the kingdom? Well, the fact that he calls him and addresses him as Lord yes. shows that he's recognizing that he's the Lord. And, and, and if, you, if you don't take the time to look at God's word, because God, God's word is what draws you and points you to the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. And, and so you have to, as a sinner, 
come to the Savior, and, and he, he'll be your Lord. And so you have to ask. The Bible says if, if you have not, you have not because you ask not, yeah. right? And so you have to ask for him to save you and to wash away your sins. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. That's what uh, Paul wrote in the great book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 13. And he says there's no difference if you're a Jew or a Greek. He's the same Lord will be rich over all to them that call upon him, whosoever. And here's one calling upon him. And because this whole book is the truth, here's the truth of the answer. Jesus said, verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Amen, amen, amen. And so like he had said earlier to Pilate, uh, Pilate said, uh, you know, where are you from? And he said, well, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is a spiritual kingdom from another world. Yes. And, and I can make the promise to take any soul to paradise with me. And, and that's what he's promising that man right there. And God's good for all his promises. The Bible says God cannot lie. That's it says right. all the promises of God are yea and amen, amen in Jesus Christ. Amen. And as the story is ending, uh, it says back in John's gospel, it says where they crucified him and two other with him, one on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. Amen. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. It was written in Hebrew, Greek and Latin. And so everyone has to make a decision. What are you going to do with Jesus? Amen. Pilate had to make a choice. The leaders had to make a choice. The thieves had to make a choice. And for me, I made my choice over 20 years Amen. ago. I asked you Jesus like the Christ. one on the cross. Yes. I asked him to save me <laughs> yeah. a sinner that needs a savior. Don't, don't be like Pilate and follow the crowd. Uh, do like the one and call upon the Lord and you can be saved. Have a blessed resurrection day. We'll be with you again next week. And until we meet with you, do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. You've been listening to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.